That's it, cheese. Okay, so it's the Leaning Tower of Cheese. <laughs> okay, so it's not easy being cheesy. Welcome to Okay, so it is a new podcast that we're starting out. We find out some odd stories and want to tell you the rest of it. And usually when people start with weird stories, they've got to kind of prepare themselves. Okay, so... You hear it a hundred times a day. All the time. So we're going to capitalize on that so that every time you hear it, you think of us. Sure sure will. And by us, we mean me, Kay Youngblood. And me, Billis, 5K. Okay, so I first heard about this story as a snippet in a deep dive over the CIA's Project MKUltra. After World War II, global tension remained high as nations continued to quarrel and fight for supremacy, among the other leading nations. During the 1950s and well into the following decade, the Central Intelligence Agency approved research over whether or not mind control was possible with the introduction of drugs on a subject, most often unknowing that they were participating (laughs) or even when they would be given a dose of these drugs. The purpose of the mind control drugs um, have been theoretically helpful in such applications as drawing out information from prisoners of war during the heated Cold War, which officially lasted between 1947 and 1991 and involved a somewhat organized assault against the spread of communism that was taking over Russia, Korea, and Cuba, to name the few nations that were being perceived among the bad guys. Mm. So basically they're just giving out – I mean they're trying to see if mind control will work with drugs. Yeah. And just be like, here, we made all this crazy drugs. Take them and then we're going to watch you. Or we put it in your food. You don't know. And then then and then we're going to watch you anyway. Yes. Most <laughs> of the time whenever subjects were participating, they they were not aware when, how – or even at all, if they were mm. given anything until, oh, I don't feel so good. You know, that reminds me of um, a show I used to watch called uh, Kenny vs. Spinny. <laughs> that was a great show. Yeah, so one of them, okay, so one of the episodes, um, they went, who who could keep a dead octopus on their head for the longest? Oh, that's terrible. But... Um, the cheater, Kenny, dosed uh, Spinny with acid towards <laughs> after like day two. And then had he this. did not give him any kind of warning? No. And then also <laughs> went as far as to like research. He's like, oh man, they said the squid ink can link into our brains and make us go crazy. What? Yeah, like really fucked with him. Oh my gosh. So, um, yeah. And they didn't learn shit. They just freaked out because he, like, the front door was open and oh. spinning was gone. And he was trying to return that dead octopus to the ocean. Oh, no. Okay, so back to the Cold War. <laughs> it officially lasted from 1947 to 1991 and involved a somewhat organized assault against the spread of communism that was taking over Russia, Korea, and Cuba, to name a few of the nations perceived to be among the bad guys. And that's a long time to be angsty against each other globally. And the summarized version of science, which I love, is simply to fuck around and find out. Mm-hmm. MK Ultra incorporated volunteers both aware and completely ignorant to both to study the effects of mind-altering drugs on brain activity and attempted to alter or influence one's mind. 
The most common drug used in the experiment was LSD, which the Oxford Dictionary defines as a synthetic crystalline compound, lysergic acid diethylamide, and it is a potent hallucinogenic drug. The program had a twisted tale of over 30 different universities that included unqualified scientific observers. Later, the agency acknowledged that very little actual science was gleaned from the project. Some shady shit went down in the supposed name of science. Eventually, in an effort to sweep the name under the rug, the CIA director at the time, Richard Helm, ordered to have most of the official research from Project MKUltra destroyed. What caught my attention in the research over the subject took place in 1962 with the help of a professor from the University of Oklahoma and involved Tusco the elephant from the Oklahoma City Zoo. Tragically, the experiments led to the death of the elephant. The CIA agent Louis Jolly West described the event. Five minutes after the injection, he trumpeted, collapsed, fell heavily onto his right side, defecated, and went into a status epilepticus. The limbs on the left side were hyperextended and held stiffly out from the body. The right side were drawn up in partial flexion. There were tremors throughout. The eyes were closed and showed a spasm of the... God damn it. Our orbicularis oculi. His eyeballs! His fucking eyeballs. Why can't we just say eyeballs? <laughs> he had spasms in his eyeballs. <laughs> he was, at this point, trying to sound all scientific. Science is a bitch sometimes. Y- yes, you know, like, uh, Mr. Jolly West, why are you trying to be a scientist now? Yeah. He's like, I can type down words. I can say words. Sure. Maybe that's the one good thing he did, was type down words. You know what he didn't do? Type down all the other drugs that he gave the elephant. Oh. And how much? Yeah, because we'll get to that. He, he he fucked around and found out, oh, this is the easy way to kill an elephant. And I bet it's terrible for the elephant. <laughs> the mouth was open, but the breathing was extremely labored. Given the impression of high respiratory obstruction due to the large isonol spasm. <laughs> laryngeal. Laryngeal spasm. The tongue, which had been bitten, was cyborg. God damn it. I got to edit out all my dumbass. Cyanotic. Cyanara, <laughs> elephant. <laughs> you know, like cyan, the color. Uh, sure. Blue. The tongue which had been bitten was blue. The picture was th- that of a tonic left-sided seizure in which mild clonic movements were present. But yeah, it had a big old seizure and shit itself <laughs> and died. And possibly saw the past, present, and future of every single molecule in the fucking universe. At the same time. Simultaneously. While shitting itself. Yeah. For some reason, the goal of dosing the bull elephant weighing around 7,000 pounds was to try to naturally induce the occurring state of muths. In which the elephant bull becomes aggressive and behaves unpredictably. During this state, male elephants produce up to 60 times more testosterone than normal. And secrete a black tar-like substance from behind their ears. And in case you were curious, the name of the condition comes from the Urdu word meaning drunk. Naturally, the cycle occurs about the same time every year for elephant bulls and can last up to three months during the age of about 10 to 25 years. I'm just so confused of um, why you would want a 7,000 pound animal in not a very big space. Yeah, no, it wasn't you, very big. And you want to make it rage you want to turn it into the hulk right and then be like let's study it so 
all the articles that I read, there's only one of them that said that the reason that they wanted to try to synthesize this state was so they could learn how to control it. Because animals of that size... And in that state are hard to control. In- so we, we were worried about like elephants taking over the world. <laughs> yeah. Like, the- they're big. And if they get mad, there's no stopping them. So let's make them mad so we can figure out how to make them not mad and go crazy. And Jolly West was like, <laughs> I'll just murder it. I'll just murder it. And then we don't have to worry about this one. Yeah. Um, so currently I, I work with somebody who has worked at the Oklahoma city zoo for, um, almost 40 years. He started working there in the late 1980s and I asked him a little bit about it and, um, he honestly had not heard about this particular case, but he did say that typically the people that work with elephants, at least in his experience at that particular zoo, were not some of the best decision makers. He mentioned that um, they got fired for being drunk on security camera. Like on their lunch breaks, they would go get a six-pack and specified (laughs) each. They would each get a six-pack and come back and hang out with the elephants. Maybe it's just, it's like the pink elephant. Like, I saw the pink elephant when I was drunk. And it's like, here's a real elephant. Let's get drunk and turn him pink. (laughs) I don't know. I don't even know. They were doing their own experiments. We don't know anything about because they were fired and they're nameless. Right. I, he did not mention any names, which is fantastic. So I can't shame them. There's anything, probably, there's got to be a Jeff in there. They know what they've done. Yeah. So. You know who you are, Jeff. <laughs> several of the articles that I had read so far said that there had not previously been this kind of drug testing with this type of animal. So evidently, somewhere along the line, there has there have been other types of testing, but with LSD, but not with elephants. Yeah, we'll get into it a little later, but they usually keep it small with mice, rats, pigeons. Yeah, and just to affect the tests of the drug on the animal. So I thought it was interesting that they're trying to make it mad so they can control it. But the amount of acid given to Tesco was insane. It was 297 milligrams. For humans, an average dose usually measured from 75 to 150 micrograms. And a microgram is one thousandth of a milligram for reference. If the metabolic dose based on weight were to be calculated, Tesco would have a nice trip with only three milligrams. Dr. West, of course, is going to have a grossly lame and flimsy justification for injecting such a copiously unnecessary amount of psychedelics on a dangerous and unsuspecting animal. The actual death of the animal is undetermined. Was it the acid itself or any of the other drugs introduced into the elephant system? We just can't say. It was too much of an irresponsibly crafted cocktail of intoxicants to pinpoint which ingredient led to the demise of the animal. LSD testing in animals didn't start or stop with Tusco, though. The fuckery in the scientific community led us to find out that many scientists dosed animals, large and small, to find out how toxic the drug is to biological life. About 22 years later, Ronald Siegel repeated the concept of this test by dosing two separate elephants exclusively with LSD, and both animals survived. The consensus is that the other drugs are what killed Tesco, and it's wildly unsafe and unknown doses of the other drugs. That's so insane. It's something like point zero zero three milligrams would would have been appropriate for the elephant. 
Yeah. And 297 milligrams. <laughs> that is so many. It's so bonkers. It's it's all if we're we're theorizing that he got this LSD from the government. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Cuz he's he may have been a part of uh MK Ultra. Jolly West himself. Yeah. So he um according to some, he shouldn't have even been allowed to do any kind of animal testing because of his involvement with the CIA. Mm. It's it seems like he had all this LSD and he was like, I need to get rid of it. <laughs> We're testing on this elephant leader. Yeah, put it all in there. Put all of it in there. Yeah. The, why an elephant, though? I mean, you you know that's going to kill a human if you give him 297 milligrams. Would it? I don't know. Mm. Maybe if they start having a seizure and you start pumping other drugs into them to bring them back to normalcy and <laughs> murder them. Could be. Uh, that's another thing I, I definitely should have looked up. Like, how much is a lethal dose of LSD? Because it'll make your brain bleed, is what I've heard. Really? So I think there is a um, there is a death dose of LSD. Sure. Um. <laughs> as for Dr. West himself, he used the event as a bit of a brag with the psychedelic users community, being quoted to say... What's up, bros? Hey, <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. I'm that guy that killed that elephant, man. You guys are cool, right? LSD. Put them up. <laughs> Hang on. There's a real quote. <laughs> Back in the 60s, I wore a crew cut. I didn't even have my beard yet. And I was already quite elephantine myself. <laughs> he chortled while patting his large belly. The hippies loved me. Even though I had a crew cut, they loved me and trusted me, and I told them I was the elephant killer, the famous guy who killed that elephant on LSD. He left his position as the chair of the Department of Psychiatry at the University of Oklahoma to set up in Los Angeles, where he continued experiments with acid, only this time using prisoners as his lab rats, reportedly singling out the African-American population of the prisoners. This guy can go suck all the butts. <laughs> Of them. To MK Ultra summarize, this fucker committed some despicable acts on unsuspected living. He was getting away with it by saying it's all in the name of science. But he was a shitty scientist because he way miscalculated his doses and he didn't even write down how much of the other drugs he gave the elephant to counteract the LSD overdose. It's it's almost like he had a holster with fucking syringes in it and was just like <laughs> sucking it out of a milk jug like, that's probably good. Yeah, it was rumored that they shot the elephant in the butt with a dart. Yeah, for and, the acid. Yeah, and then also that they just stabbed him behind the ear with these other drugs. There was an antipsychotic promazine, mm -hmm. uh, a couple different conflicting articles on that. And then uh, pentobarbital, which is used to execute death row inmates. That's what he gave this elephant to try to calm it down. I mean, Ralphie May did a fucking joke years ago about... Acid doesn't go by weight. <laughs> He's like, I took five hits because I'm almost 500 pounds. I tripped 34 fucking hours. It doesn't go by weight. <laughs> like, I mean, there was a comedian in the 2000s. Yeah. But in the 60s, they didn't know that yet. <laughs> but still, though. Like, and these are scientists. <laughs> right. He he doesn't have anywhere in his repertoire anything involving animals other than this. 
So I don't think he was qualified at all because any of his scientific experiments had only taken place with humans. Why all of a sudden an elephant? It just sounds like he extrapolated it to the weight from what he had done on humans and was like, that's probably good. Uh, let's just let's just fuck around. We'll find out. We'll just find out. Since this event, the science community came together to form the Institutional Animal Care and Use Committees, or IACUC. IACUC. Sounds like Grandpa sneeze. <laughs> Bless you, Grandpa. <laughs> and that organization officially became established in 1986. Another great outcome of this tragedy, if we can glean anything good, was the construction and the publishing of the Guide for Care and Use of Laboratory Animals, which is currently in its eighth edition. And from the 1960s to the 2000s, LSD has not been used in animal laboratory studies. And this is why it's important to have these kinds of discussions. Absolutely, it's terrible that such a gross miscalculation in an experiment led to the death of a massive and endangered animal. But as a result, new rules have been instituted in the scientific community regarding the ethics of animal testing. If we don't discuss the heinous details of reality, we are destined to repeat the process. Now that the ugly truth is out, we, humanity, can avoid making such massive mistakes. For sure. What if we just took all the other drugs out of the equation? Yeah. What would happen then? What if we did it appropriately? And we'll get right into that. Let's jump right in. Let's jump right in. I'm thinking back to a time when I was a young teen and uh, my family went to the zoo. Uh, this was before they had this super cool enclosure that's at the Oklahoma City Zoo now. Mm-hmm. It was that small pachyderm fenced in area. Yeah. You know, it's like concrete walls. Yeah. yeah. And, it, you know, there was still some separation between uh, the public and the animals. Mm-hmm. But still, you were able to get close enough that it was a little scary. Um, there, there was a time I'm just being my goofy self just marching along and singing a song and having a good old time and this elephant started charging toward me and i got (laughs) so scared so i'm wondering if maybe that the elephant at the time was in that state of yes m-u-s-t-h for anybody trying to listen to that word must and I even had the gentleman that worked at the zoo pronounce it for me. He knew about the event. He mm. knows about these animals. He's like, oh, yeah, they are big. That is a little hard to control. Yeah. I just don't understand why acid. <laughs> I don't know. But, like, if his goal was to make it fall down and shit, he did it. He did that. He did that great. Yeah. Like, that's how you control it. <laughs> I want it to do this. It did that. I'm Jolly West. Good night, folks. <laughs> The, like he dropped the mic at the end of his Netflix special. Now, now I'm gonna go dose some prisoners instead. Yeah. So <laughs> let's hear about the right way to give acid to an elephant. Okay. So uh, we mentioned this guy before uh, earlier, Ronald K. Siegel. Um, he was a f- psychopharmacologist whose life work was understanding psychedelic drugs and their effects on mammalian brains. The first encounter that sparked a lifelong fascination with these substances would happen when Robert, Little Bobby, as he was called, Little Bobby, he took a trip to the dentist and was put on nitrous oxide, the floating mini-blinds, the warm feeling as he breathed in heavier and heavier, the hilarious nurse who wasn't so funny before. This single experience grabbed Mr. Robert K. Siegel by the boy taint and would not let him go. Not much is known of his home life and growings up, 
But once he hit college, the boy was going to be a star. You're a star, little Bobby. Little Bobby graduated from Brandeis University in New York. He later earned his doctorate. He was a doctor. Earned his doctorate at Dalhousie University in Halifax, Canada, where he experimented with the effects of LSD, marijuana, and other drugs on pigeons and mice. I don't speak Canadian French, but I wonder, since they do a lot of French talk up there, Mm -hmm. I wonder if it's like, Dalhousie. If you're Maybe. from Canada, please write in and tell us how you say the name of this university. Yeah. Okay, so productions at gmail.com. If you guys got anything you want to correct us on or just be cool and send us like a heart. Chime in. Uh, yeah, so did all this on pigeons and mice, which is a good start. Yeah, if easy you, to control. Yeah. And mice are like four cents. Right. And in case they fall over and shit themselves and die, you can just flush it. Yeah, or just be like, dang it. Good luck flushing like, that elephant. Just wash out your little empty fish tank for oh, mice. Oh, man. I gotta go buy another one for a nickel. Yeah. Oh, man. It's not a huge hundreds of thousands of dollars, thousands of pound animal. Right. How do they even clean that shit up? Dude. Dozers? I don't know. What do you, What do you even do? Um, I know my cousin, this is a dumb story, he <laughs> shot uh, a cow. Why? He was hunting, and he said he thought it was a deer. <laughs> <laughs> and he shot this, this farmer's cow, and the farmer was going to, like, super piss, going to press charges and all this. My grandpa just came over and was like, well, let me just buy the cow from you. Oh, my god! And we'll take it, and we'll we'll butcher it. <laughs> So my grandpa made everything okay, but he had to like just put like a ratchet strap around its neck and horns and oh. pick it up with a tractor, like a tractor bucket, <laughs> and like lift it up and then just like, can you imagine driving down the highway and seeing that guy <laughs> on the side of the highway just just dangling a, a dead cow? Just like yeah, like look like you just hung a cow and oh then my you're just gosh. driving it onto your house. I mean, it makes sense, but I grew up in the city. (laughs) One time ever in my life, I was curious about, would I be able to take something from living to eat it? Yeah. And so I got a chicken. Yeah. (laughs) I know know this story. (laughs) Go ahead. Tell everyone what you did. Pretty much that's it. I, I, I was a little bit nervous. I watched lots of videos. About how to... Of chicken murders? Yes. (laughs) I sure did. And I felt a little creepy, but if I'm nervous, I don't want to be, like, swinging a knife and accidentally miss. Yeah. And hurt myself. Oh, okay. So... uh, You didn't just let it run and, like, chase it down and hack it like a Jason movie? (laughs) Now, that would have been entertaining. Yeah. Um, I did have to catch it. So the owner of the farm let me into the pen and... Um, they said, well, we don't have any hens that we can sell you, but we can sell you this rooster. I'm like, it's a bird. It's fine. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Again. Can I eat the testosterone chicken? I'm a city kid. I don't know shit about animal husbandry, farming, none of that. I'm just, 
fucking around and finding out all by myself. Well, apparently they they just have vaginas too. They just rub oh, their. They, remember the, the cloaca? Yeah, the cloaca yeah. chicken sex. Yeah, the the uh, bird genitals, interchangeable bird genitals. Yeah, it's so weird. They just kind of scissor until. The man has... Until something happens. Yeah. He goes, fuck! <laughs> and, it, and he has to do it when it's not morning. The old gravy transfer. Yeah. <laughs> Out the cloaca. This is science. This is what we learned about it. It's messy. Science is a messy bitch. <laughs> it sure is. All right. Uh, um, but I did also... Uh, I was curious. We started talking about after the elephant died, what what did they do? Yeah. Um. Often in the wild, uh, it is the, the elephant carcass is left for scavengers. But in captivity, after the necropsy, they cremate the remains of the animal, commonly. But it's Oklahoma. Was this a bonfire? <laughs> <laughs> Take them out back behind <laughs> yeah. the zoo, roast them up real good. You guys come to the elephant roast? Yeah. Bring your bring pull, your six packs. Bring your pull tab <laughs> Budweiser because this is the sixties. This is the sixties. And bring your children. They can smoke cigarettes. Right off the flaming corpse of this dead <laughs> elephant. I bet it smells like a tire fire. Oh yeah. They smell bad when they're alive. Yeah. Imagine the burning flesh of a dead elephant. I thought they smelled bad. On the, On the outside. outside. <laughs> yeah. So back to little Bobby. After testing this, you know, the, the LSD and marijuana and other drugs on pigeons and mice, he theorized that humans have chased after mind-altering plants and alcohol so fondly that the desire to get high was a basic human drive, right up there with hunger, thirst, and sex. Little Bobby, or LB, as he's called, wrote in one of his books, In a sense... The war on drugs is a war against ourselves, a denial of our very nature. So began a career devoted to studying and observing the extremes of drug use. He lectured across the country and even testified on a famous murder trial as one of the defendants, Robert Blake, anybody? Mm. He was an expert witness discrediting the two main witnesses of the prosecution due to their shady past with meth and cocaine use. So that was very interesting because they paid Robert K. Siegel $11,000 to come be a key witness for the defense. And they basically just shit all over the guys that were saying, this guy tried to hire me to kill his wife. And the other guy said, yeah, me too. And Robert K. Siegel comes in there and goes, yeah, with uh, you know several years of meth and cocaine use validated by the... The people's um, family. By their family. Um, yeah. That'll make you delusional to any kind of situation. Mm. And the jury and everyone was just like, damn. Because <laughs> he's like, you can believe either one of them, but which, which drug addict do you want to believe? Is mm. basically what he told him. The jury was just like, oh, mm, now I don't believe them. <laughs> They're tweakers. They're tweakers and they're drug abusers. Yeah. I ain't going to buy it. I ain't going to believe what they got to say. This shit is so dumb, though. The whole Robert Blake case. He said, so he parked his car outside of, a, uh, on the alley. He, Robert Blake? Robert Blake parked his car on like an alley next to the restaurant instead of the restaurant parking lot. Okay. Him and his wife had dinner. They walked out. They got in the car. He said, oh shit, baby, I forgot my gun. 
I left it in the restaurant. It's like my favorite gun. Oh, I take him on walks and everything. I'm that gun's daddy. Yeah, that's my son. That's my son gun. My son gun. So he's like, just get in the car. And he goes back in the restaurant. Well, he comes back and she's dead. Or she has been shot in the head and in the shoulder. So then he makes a big scene. is beating on like neighbors' houses like, my wife, help. (laughs) My defense is that I was going to get my gun when my wife was shot. Yeah. And everyone's like, why did you, what, why would you take your gun out and set it next to your plate? Yeah. I've been like, oh shit, I forgot the leftovers. Yeah. I've never been like, wow, my fucking Smith and Wesson's on the table. Wait, was Robert Blake a Texan? Uh, I think he was just a piece of shit. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I think he played. <laughs> I love that that was even a question. Was he Texan? Nah, just a POS. <laughs> yeah. Just a piece of shit. Not, I don't think both. Oh, yeah, because there are Texas pieces of shit. Yeah, mainly the ones that drive. <laughs> oh, got him. Got him. <laughs> yeah, but boomer. Boomer. Okay, so. <laughs> All right, so back to Robert K. Siegel. Siegel's research files also contain historical accounts on the drug and alcohol habits of the nation's former presidents and leaders. President Andrew Johnson was rarely sober. Abraham Lincoln enjoyed chloroform, and Ulysses S. Grant pepped through his memoirs about losing his slaves with the help of cocaine. Not to mention Donald Trump's fascination with fast food and being orange. (laughs) These are all addictions. The one that really just gets me so curious is how can one be addicted to chloroform? Do you microdose it? What do you do? I don't know. I mean, use your left hand and sneak up with yourself with a a soaked rag. Oh, you gotta wipe my nose. Maybe. Maybe he could. uh, Maybe he could do that thing where you can pop your shoulder out and come around the other side of your head, and you're just like, yeah, I got you, Mister President. And that's why he wasn't ready when he got snuck up on. Because he's like, oh, it's not actually me this time. Yeah, it's not actually me this time. No way. Someone going to chloroform me? Because that would be awesome. I love that shit. Oh, man. Oh, that's a different kind of death. That's a different kind of pass out. That's a bullet. Huh. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Um, <laughs> so back to Robert K. Siegel. Doing his postdoctoral work at Albert Einstein College of Medicine in New York, Siegel had been taught that humans are the only animals that deliberately intoxicate themselves. But he reached a different conclusion. He traveled to Czechoslovakia to study insects that seemed to be eating marijuana and enjoying it. Watched Jimson weed chewing buffalo in Maui and talked to Vietnam war vets who recalled watching water buffalo persistently nibbling on opium poppies, returning again and again to the poppy fields. Almost every species of animal has engaged in the natural pursuit of intoxicants. Siegel refused to take a stance on whether drugs, now outlawed, should be legalized. His position was that, legal or not, people are going to forever pursue them. They're medicating themselves. They're changing their mood. They're changing the way they feel, he said. These are legitimate medical uses. All this to say that in 1983, Robert K. Siegel had a successful trial dosing two elephants with LSD. 
one male, one female, with no history of musk behavior. The Asiatic elephants were housed in a private barn and fed a strict diet while their individual behaviors were monitored two hours a day over a two-month period. After the control tests, which were not at all present with Tusco, each elephant was deprived of water for 12 hours and then provided a small 18 liters with the LSD dose. First, 0.003 milligrams and 0.010 milligrams. They were then allotted access to as much water as needed. The findings were impressive and both elephants lived and returned to normal after the studies. So the key was small doses and sneaking it into the animal. Not a dart to the ass out of nowhere, filled with enough LSD to turn Woodstock into Firefest. 297 milligrams. Fuck Jolly. Fuck Jolly West forever. Forever. Guys, that's how you do science. That's how you do science. You have a control. Mm-hmm. How do these animals act when they're just going about their daily shit? Now, let's, let's make them really thirsty. Mm-hmm. Let's put a little bit of the drug in a water. Uh, dare I say, the correctly dosed proportionate amount to the size of the animal. They'll suck up that water. Then they can have as much other water as they want. They they did see different things. They saw um, aggression, but they saw enough to be able to extrapolate it mm-hmm. with math. Hmm. So they saw these lower doses and saw, oh, the female is much more agitated now. She's flapping her ears a lot. She's doing a lot of shit that she wasn't doing normally. Okay, now let's do the math and see how that would make that animal act Hmm. if we go up. Do it small. Yeah. Don't do it the most big. (laughs) The most big. The most big. And that's that's how you science with elephants. Yeah. I think with anything. That you like Mythbusters. Oh, yeah. Small scale. One of the articles that I was reading said basically because of Siegel's experiment, the fact that he did it right and did the proper dose and had the control and all of that it and did not see uh, – they, they weren't able to get the animals into that state of muths. Yeah. Um, that absolutely negated the study that Jolly West did. Yeah. Because – Turns out LSD has nothing to do with that state at all. It does give you some notable, observable behavior changes. Yeah. But they didn't die. <laughs> they returned yeah. to normal. Yeah. And it, what what Dr. West, Mr. Jolly, did, you take away, I don't know, you take away the setting. He just tranquilized a giant animal. Yeah. He's no better than the fucker that owns Jimmy John's. <laughs> Aren't they are they giving LSD to people? No, he's just a big game hunter in like Africa. Oh. Like he likes to go kill fucking oh. elephants and giraffes and yeah, he's a sport hunter. He's a piece of shit. Gross. Yeah. Um so Jolly West is no better than that piece of shit. Right. And the sandwiches suck. Um. Bread's too hard. <laughs> this episode's been sponsored by Jimmy John's. <laughs> they serve babies on Wednesdays. Baby Wednesdays. Aren't we all animals? And the fact that animals like drugs makes them like humans, but also we're animals too. Yep. (laughs) All that to say, we're wrapping up here. Um, Interesting story, crazy story that happened in our home state. Um, This podcast isn't necessarily going to be covering Oklahoma all the time, 
but I mean, you know, when weird shit happens near you, it's kind of more interesting to, uh, to jump in. Um, and we've got some exciting episodes coming up. We, uh, I don't want to give any away cause I don't know what order we're doing them in yet, but some fun, spooky stuff, some true crime stuff. And, uh, yeah. We're okay, going gonna to get the whole cheese sampler platter going. Mm. Uh, anytime that there's weird stories, that there's more to it than just a headline. We want to also bring you something to reflect upon. So today it was all about ethics and science. Sure. Fuck around responsibly. Yeah. Find out responsibly. <laughs> Make educated guesses. And there's a, there's always something that can be learned from a situation. Yeah. Don't throw darts in the dark. Or into an elephant's ass, filled especially if drugs. it's filled with LSD. Yeah. I think that's it, baby. I think we did episode one. Fantastic. Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope that you had a good time. And please feel free to email us any feedback, suggestions, questions, pronunciations, or just <laughs> say hi. Okay, so productions at gmail.com. O-H-Q-U-E-S-O productions. At gmail.com. Bye. Love you. Bye. Cheesy next time. Love you. Keep it keep it cheesy. Keep it wanging. Wang Chung. Everybody Wang Chung tomorrow. I thought it was tonight. Shit, is it? It's tonight. Damn it. Damn it.